0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Bliss Bakery, where you'll get your wholesome slice of life. I'm Rachel. I'm Davian. I'm bringing back a familiar voice from season one. So today I have Davo with me, who was part of the trio in episode 10 of last season, when we talked about modern day dating. Davo has been one of my closest friends after we met in the same scholarship program on the first day of uni. But today, you are getting all the spotlight. You don't have to share it with two other people. So, would you like to give listeners an intro of yourself? An updated one.
1: An updated one. I'm not sure what I gave last time, but my name is Damien, nicknamed Davo. I am 25 years young, 26 next month, uh, currently working at Qantas. In the airline industry, recently moved over there. And what else is uh, given in a, a self-introduction?
0: That's a pretty good intro.
1: Yeah, that's, that seems like an interview intro though. Fun fact, I have a twin brother.
0: That is a fun <laughs> fact. So what I wanted to try this season was, because you know, last season I did the whole, uh, what's your MBTI? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The opener question for guests this season is our first impressions of each other. Do you remember when we first met?
1: My first impression of Rachel was that she was stuck up, arrogant and uh, a bit of a competition. Because the context for that was we were in a a, a pre-scholarship sort of kickoff day. So we were about to hold the interviews there for the scholarship. So pretty much everyone there was competition. Um, And Rachel made probably one of the biggest impressions because she was sitting very upright in in one of our rooms and they opened the floor to questions. She put her hand straight up. And asked this really long and complicated, very professional and smart standing question. It kind of gave everyone there the impression like, oh, we got to deal with this girl as the competition. Like, this is the standard we've got to meet.
0: Yeah, that was probably intentional as well. (laughs) I don't even know what I asked. And I don't know if the answer made any sense to me either.
1: But anyway, that was that was my first impression (laughs) of her.
0: different to how I actually am.
1: Yes. And then it was soon found out. Yeah, she was like the complete opposite of that (laughs) persona. She gave off. Both yours and mine?
0: Hmm. I feel like I don't remember you from that day. I remember, like the earliest thing I can remember is when we had our orientation day when we started in the program. Yeah. And then we had to do this like little skit or something and we got into groups and then it was myself, you and Grace, I remember. And then we made a joke about your hairy legs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have the... Was it the watermelon or the anchor thing? Yeah, it was yeah. the
0: watermelon shirt. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep, yeah. yep.
0: Um, anyway, as you can see, Daveo and I have been a part of each other's journeys through some of the most challenging and also the most highlighted parts of uni and into adulthood. Um, we've been there for each other when times got tough. Uh, and it's like one of Lucas's often quoted TikToks, tough times never last, only tough people do. This episode, I wanted to focus on the stories of the tough times in our lives, what happened and where we're at now, because I think everyone goes through some kind of adversity in their life and in the moment it feels like nothing's ever going to get better, but I feel like we've been through some times where where we're at right now is definitely feels like we're in that better place. Would Mm -hmm. you agree? I would agree. Mm. So... Dave, what have been some of the toughest areas in your life up to now?
1: How far am I allowed to go back? All the way. <laughs> I think growing up, talking about tough times, going to an Asian family, I think academic related things were probably the hardest as a kid. Probably because of the, parent, the expectation parents put on. I'm not going to say they beat me or anything if I got a C in math, but they, I think, put so much pressure on me during schooling. I remember one time in high school, I walked out of a math test. I think it was a junior high school. walked out of a math test, didn't think I did too well. I think that was one of the only times I teared up in high school was because I didn't thought I didn't do too well in a math test. And I, at that point, I was like, oh, my gosh, my life is over. So I think that throughout high school, and that, that was probably the biggest pressure on me from – one of the biggest pressures anyway. Yeah. And everyone around you like trying to do well and everything. So there was a lot of pressure on me and that I put on myself.
0: Mm. What does not doing well on a math test mean to you, though? Like 80?
1: I think it was something like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We put such high standards on ourselves in high school. I remember as well um, something similar to you, but even earlier on in year eight, in year eight, we had religion as a mandatory class. Yep. And I feel like maybe I either forgot that the, ex- like that we had a test after lunch or something and, or I stud- I studied the wrong person to write about. Oh, no. And then I freaked out during whole of lunch. And I remember going to the library and trying to study up as much about this person. And then I had this massive breakdown and I cried so much. And now I think back on it and I'm like, that was a religion class it wasn't even ever gonna count towards anything and I had such like a major breakdown over it and I feel like there's some PTSD from that because I still like last week I had a nightmare where I forgot to do an assessment for a religion class which meant I couldn't graduate from uni
1: (laughs) haunting us to this day because I actually (laughs) do have some dreams where I like forget about a test or I study for the wrong thing but I think in a sense I always look back and I'm like, oh, it's a pretty, in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty small thing. Um, and I'm always like, I'm fort- we're fortunate in a way that those academics were the biggest stressors of our life and didn't have to worry about anything else. But I guess in that moment, you're like, oh, this is... This is everything. This is everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then I think thinking about things now, most recent things, apart from academics, I think relationships were probably a bigger, big stressor for me throughout multiple years, as you might know. Mm. And just going through that, because I think relationships with people are probably one of the biggest things that impact me emotionally. Uh, Some people might know, like, I pretty much never cry about anything, even like when I'm watching movies or anything, with the exception of Miracle and Cell number seven, great movie, by the way. Um, I had never teared up with anything, like any situation, watching anything, hearing about any stories and stuff like that. But then when it comes to relationships with people, if something doesn't go right, that's when I would feel pretty emotional and might tear up about things. So is
0: that romantic or just friendship relationships as well?
1: Both, but probably more so the romantic side. Mm. So I think I seem to hold those relationships a bit more emotionally and closer to heart and that would, yeah, take a big toll.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I I'm overthink a lot. So worst case scenario, thinking worst case scenario is a, is a still a, probably a bad trait of mine, but it definitely was a lot worse before mm. where I'd like catastrophize every, the little thing that might happen or the, all the what ifs. And then that would spiral me down into a hole of what ifs that obviously never eventuated. But then, yeah, you start blaming yourself and being like, oh, I, what if this happens because I did X, Y, Z.
0: Did you have the what if I'm going to be alone forever?
1: <laughs> yes. I think the what if I'm going to be alone forever does come up when you go through that that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then whatever the situation might be at the time, you're like, oh, why did I do this? Why did I do that? But I'm the kind of person where because I overthink so much, that stays in my brain for
0: That's really interesting. I relate to being an overthinker, but luckily, I do not think that much about my past. That's one of the key things. Like, um, yeah, I don't really think about decisions I've made before and regret them, which may be quite helpful in terms of all the other anxiety that I have going on that Mm -hmm. at least I don't do that one.
1: Is it more future thinking that you worry about?
0: Oh, yeah. It's all about... There is an unknown in the future and oh, like a million different situations could happen yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking through all of them and I won't unstress until it's 100% certain that the path that I've hoped and it's most likely going to happen, happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once you know something for sure yeah, and then you're like, oh, now I'm at ease.
0: Sometimes when I um, am in those moments or especially in stressful times, like tough times, do you feel like it helps to think about... If I'm not in this kind of situation, then I'm not going to grow from it because those are the times where you grow the most. And then once you've gone through that arc and you look back, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that was really good for me because now I've learned something new. I've learned to handle something new.
1: I think, uh, yeah, character development arcs Mm. are a genuine thing. There was, I think there was a time during uni where I probably hit the lowest of my lows and it was like relationship related, but it got to a point where. I don't think I'd ever been that low mentally um, and emotionally before. And I didn't think I'd get through it. And I forgot exactly what happened. But basically, I ended up reaching out to a friend. We had a chat about things. And then after that, things started being on the mend. And I think for me, that was a couple of things I learned. One, it's okay to not be okay. And, it, and go through all of that. Um, and because of that, too, it's okay to then reach out to people and speak to about your experiences. So from there, I think I was able to better handle those situations because I know it's okay to be in those uncomfortable situations. And then it's okay to also reach out to the people that are around you that you should know are more than happy and want to be there to support you. And I think that was my little character development arc that helped me learn how to better manage myself in those situations where I might not be mentally the best. And to make sure that you know I don't put myself down in that hole again.
0: Yeah, you've had some, some tough experiences when it's come to love, and, <laughs> I I've been there through you along the way, especially through uni. So I don't know how much you want to share about some of those stories, but do you want to give like a quick overview of just kind of like your roller coaster of your journey to finding love?
1: Um, uni was probably me making the wrong choices. Um, it was either me putting too much into something that wasn't going to give me the return that I expected it to give and it was wrong of me to even have that expectation. For example, you know, being interested in someone that wouldn't be the most ideal for me and would only, I know, putting myself in a position that would only hurt me, no blame on the other person at all or anything like that, or putting myself into relationships, I guess, where they're not looking for the same thing I am, but then I'm just like, oh, I can try and make things work and force it and stuff like that. So I think it was a lot of not being openly aware of myself of what I want and what is good for me and more so trying to make things work when they clearly are not going to work. Mm. Um, and then because of that, I put a lot of blame on myself because I'm like, oh, I should have done X, Y, Z, or if I was better in all these other ways, then maybe things would have worked out. And that was a bit of a learning curve through those experiences to realize, you know, there are some things that are in your control. There are some things that are not, uh, and, and to not beat yourself up too much about things when, you know, things are done. And you need to respect that. And then I also need to respect myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing.
0: And maybe it took you a little bit of time to learn that as well, which I think takes us all time to learn. But yeah. I guess it was it was um, tough as well, kind of seeing you along this journey for us, um, because we, we would refer to it as the Devo curse, because <laughs> <laughs> I expected, you know, every summer there might be a new interest, a new like character in our lives. Yeah. Um, which wouldn't always work out Um, and then you would go through the Devo depression period of the year and then you would recover and then we'd get worried like is it going to happen again but I think that what I admired was I know you you felt really down during those times Mm -hmm. in in like the beginning of the years but you would kind of bounce back yeah and that was always really admirable of you
1: Yeah, and then I'd do the dumb thing and repeat it again. (laughs) Um, I think it was like during, from the beginning of uni, there was like three summers in a row where we went through that before I realized, hey, maybe I should stop being an idiot of three summers of just making the wrong decisions. Yeah, And then that got to the point where it was impacting other parts of my life because I'd be so down about one particular thing. But then because of that, I'd be negatively viewing other things or I wouldn't be able to put my full focus into other parts of my life during that period. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you said, yeah, then the rest of the year, things would be fine.
0: Yeah. You'd go to some event, meet someone new that we'd an never an heard of before. And
1: then be an idiot again. No.
0: <laughs> but you've broken out of that cycle. So what did it take to get you into a different mindset? And like, what did you start thinking about?
1: I think, um, what did I start thinking about? What helped was a lot of people telling me to stop being an idiot. Because I think a lot of the time you when your friend's when multiple or many of your friends tell you something and tell you the same thing, chances are they're right. And I know this is the case for a lot of people as well. When many of their friends tell them one thing, um, even relationship related, it's generally right. So yeah, trust the people around you is one thing. I think, as I said earlier, just learning to respect myself and realize that you shouldn't expect things from other people, just because you're giving something yourself. And it took me those experiences to realize that it's okay to, for things not to turn out your way. And just because things don't turn out your way, it doesn't mean it's your fault. Mm. And then on top of that, being okay with when things don't turn out your way. So now I'm okay when, when things don't turn out, I'm like, I oh, could Learn from that. At least we know that things didn't turn out the right way instead of being like, oh crap, things didn't turn out my way. What did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? It was all my fault. I'm not good enough. Mm. And spiraling down into that mindset. So it's a bit of a switch there.
0: You know, um, the thing you said about kind of when you're in that kind of situation and you just have blindness and other people are telling you these things. Oh, yeah. yeah that's it legit. reminded me of... Uh, Lucas and I have been watching this series called BoJack Horseman lately <laughs> and there's this really deep quote from it. It just reminded me of, which is, when you see the world through rose-tinted glasses, all the red flags are just flags. Oh, wow. That is, <laughs> that is a wise... It's quote. deep.
1: That does hit deep.
0: So... Uh, that's kind of touching on I guess the relationship side yeah, of yeah. the the toughness or like the adversity in your life. what kind of adversity have you faced through work?
1: I think I've been fortunate enough where work hasn't been too bad from a, a mental standpoint and stressor standpoint mm. One of the biggest things was when I've actually first started and I was heading out of uni you do your graduate roles and you apply for various different things my dumbass didn't apply for too many things because I was like, oh yeah you know I want to be the guy that really focuses on a few things but then I got to a point where I got a couple of offers early on in the process but obviously they need you to get back in a certain amount of time and then I had Deloitte Digital which is where they were getting back to me in like the middle of the year whereas everyone else got back to me early in the year and then they had to I had to like basically tell them I guess I just trusted my gut and be like oh I'm gonna go all in on Deloitte Digital. Um, So I turned down the other offers so there was a period of time there where I hadn't heard back from Deloitte so I turned down a couple of offers for one single company that hadn't gotten back to me yet Hmm. and there was only one role for my position that they were giving out at the time as well so I was like freaking out and everything because if I didn't get that I was like oh gosh went through all of this went through the scholarship program and everything parents me through that and I don't even get a grad job so that was a pretty stressful time because I was like oh what if I made the wrong decision and then you know the whole spiraling down thing. oh yeah what if I don't get a grad job what happens luckily though it was in New, I was in New Zealand at the time, and they called me back, and huh. um, yeah, in we New Zealand with Lucas and, and whatnot, and they got back, and that was all sorted. Um, but in terms of I guess work itself, I don't think there's been times where I've broken down or anything, because one of my managers very early on told me, "Do your best to emotionally separate yourself from work." As hard as that it might be, in the end, work is just work. Hmm. Um, but then I guess with that as well, I've been fortunate enough where things haven't really like gone crazy enough for me to. Breakdown or anything or be crazy stressed, which I know some people, unfortunately, do have to go through Mm -hmm. during work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's also this other part of work where I it's not necessarily like like you're super stressed, but almost the opposite. And we talked about this, I think, in the past during COVID lockdown time. Mm where um, I know you were in like your client project for a really long time, like just absurdly long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so we brought up this topic of acedia. There was an article about it. I think I sent it to you. And acedia was the cousin of depression, essentially. And what it is, is this feeling of, it's not quite depression, but you have this feeling of stagnation or like lack of motivation and this fatigue in your life because you feel like everything's, not moving forward I wonder like did, did that hit you much or yeah
1: I remember I do remember you did send me that article um yes and particularly during COVID there was a time where things were just sort of cruising mm. and you just be able to get away with so much because things were just straight up just cruising and that partially drove my decision to, to eventually leave I just felt like I was able to cruise along be stagnant and I wasn't really challenged anymore at that point and for someone who had put so much pressure on themselves throughout most of their life, it was a very weird feeling to just be able to chill.
0: Yeah. No. And when you don't feel like you have that purpose or that drive of working towards something, it can start to feel very, I don't know, it's depressing, but it's not quite depression.
1: I, yeah. No, I think I don't know what you mean because I felt like I was wasting my time. Mm. So for a long time, I just felt like because I was in that state, constant state of, I guess, being stagnant and not moving, I was like, why am I wasting this early point in my career? Why am I doing nothing? I'm not learning. I'm not growing. I'm just being useless for my like long-term growth.
0: Yeah. What took you to f- break out of that? Because I do feel like you had been feeling it at spots at a time. Mm-mm. And it took a while before you, you then started like applying to these other places and finally got like the Qantas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think seeing other people move out was a big thing because by that point, there were about 25 people in our cohort that started with us. And then when I left, I was one of the last three. And this was only like just over two years in. So I think seeing many other people not be stagnant and, and make the decision to go to other places was a, was a bit of a factor.
0: You're young. Yeah. You want to explore and you want to learn quick right now.
1: Yeah. And I think being surrounded by very successful people, like even yourself and seeing what you've been able to achieve, it's like, oh, the potential is there for well, for me to also do better things and not just cruise.
0: Mm. I thought I would share a story as well from work in terms of the tough times. And obviously, you know, I had a tough time during my grad um, in consulting. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was definitely the type of tough time, which was more like super stressful. But really what I felt was a values misalignment in terms of what I wanted to be doing and what I was actually mm-hmm. doing and realizing that I, I didn't choose based on what I valued but I chose based on what other people valued. yeah and so I remember just this whole period where I was questioning my life and being like am I meant to be in consulting am I just not as smart as everyone else or like am I not motivated and hardworking as other people and I would come home every night and have work to still be doing and I'd be at the dining table on my computer and I'd be like crying on the keyboard being like I hate this so much Um, And I don't know if you remember, like there was this one time where I came to Oztag after work and I just cried the entire time. And I was like, I hate this so much. So like just remembering those kinds of moments where it definitely felt like one of the lowest points in my life. I think back and I'm still kind of like, well, that was good for me. That taught me so much in terms of making decisions on what I value and surfacing those values in my life. 100%.
1: I do remember those times because I think seeing you go through that, I think when you took the role initially, we kind of knew that. Based on like, you know, what we know you liked and what you enjoyed previously, it might not have been the right thing for you. Yeah. But I think you might not have, I guess without taking that role, you might have always wondered. What if? What if? Because that whole thing about, yeah, because even I had that thought, I was like, oh, yeah, everyone goes to management consulting. It's a great thing. You get paid big bucks and everything like that. But then I also realized, I think seeing through what you did as well, it's not just because it's for someone else. It's not for everything, but uh, not for you, sorry. and It's not for everyone. But sometimes, yeah, you've got to go through those, ex- those experiences yourself to then realize what works for you, what doesn't work for you.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that people can protect themselves from tough times by learning those lessons from other people's experiences rather than experiencing it themselves?
1: I was able to learn from there because I th- there were snippets of times where I, being in consulting as well, but not management consulting, stayed back a bit. Um, And I was already like hating my life when I had to do that. And then hearing about what you had to do working even longer hours like that and then had to sacrifice many other parts of your life. I think I knew from there I would not be able to put myself through that. And I wouldn't even want to test myself to thicken my skin or anything like that. I'm more than happy to be a sheltered guy that doesn't expose themselves to those kinds of things. Um, And then seeing you go through that, I was like, yeah, that's definitely not what I could do. And that also highlighted the points when I looked for a new role a couple of things I turned a couple of places I turned down because it wasn't the right culture for me I knew it wasn't the right product for me as well and I didn't want to waste my time putting myself through that Hmm. and there was a period of my time where I kind of went through that as well because there was a cult placement like a scholarship um, internship basically that we did spent six months or just over six months over at Westpac actually it was it was in a role I didn't like And then I stayed back after the internship had ended to do a bit of contract work, which did pay good money, but I hated my life every morning. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, I dreaded waking up every single morning Mm. because rocking up and doing that kind of work, even if it wasn't like long hours or anything, it was just work I didn't like. And it actually did then impact other parts of my life because eight hours, nine hours of my day was being used on something that I just really hated. Mm. and that then also taught me to not pick places because other people might think it's good because like oh it's a bank that pays well yada yada but then realizing there are other priorities about you know yeah your own well-being and what you enjoy and things like that Um, so I guess yeah similar to, to what you said where you shouldn't make decisions in life just because other people might say it's, a, it's the good thing for you to do
0: yeah what you're saying and tying it back as well to the tough times in relationships mm. sounds like In our early lives, maybe the theme of our 20s when it comes to adversity is just figuring out what it is we actually want and figuring ourselves out because it sounds like all of these situations spur based on us making decisions because we value something or we think we value something that we don't actually. And once we come to terms with, I guess, going through these situations and learning from them and realizing Hey, I actually care about like work-life balance, or I care mm. about, um, you know, the authenticity of a person, or whatever it is. That's where we overcome this arc in our lives, yeah. And, and we've unlocked that Definitely. character development, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty interesting how I guess um, in our twenties, like our our tough times have uh, this core theme.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I remember when I hit early twenties, I was like, oh yeah, I'd I'd figure my I'd figured all my shit out by, twenty five. Mm. and use that time to, so I know exactly what I want. But then you realize as you go through it, there's still a lot more about yourself there is to figure out and it's okay to be figuring that stuff out because you go through your lives, you've still got a whole life ahead of you. You're still going to have to make tough decisions. You're still going to learn plenty about yourself and it's fine to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions where you're still making decisions to learn more about yourself to figure out what you want and not to be so hard on yourself just because you don't know what you want.
0: Yeah, I agree. What are you anticipate to be the tough theme of our 30s then in our next chapter i reckon it's going to be pretty different
1: yes by 30 i'd like to think i'm already thinking about or if not doing the family stage and moving out with settling down that sort of thing True. i don't know what how it's going to happen by then in four or five years but i think that might be the next stressor because by then i guess job might be a bit more stable and you have a better direction about where you're going to go relationships, fingers crossed, is a bit more stable and in, in the direction that you want to go as well. So then the next thing there is that next chapter of life about settling down. and
0: Yeah. My guess is actually I, I think and I worry about this a lot, um, which is up to our lives so far, I don't know if this is the case for hmm. you and I'm sure like other people have different situations, yep. but I've never faced grief at any point yet or like losing someone close to me, because mm. my grandma's still in my life, my parents are, mm. my, my dog is still yeah, here, yeah. but everyone is getting older, and I'm getting super conscious of it, and I'm so worried about yeah. in your 30s, that's where you start to experience losing people, and I'm a very sentimental person, so even the thought of losing like, Jaeger, yeah,
1: yeah. it just
0: like kills me yeah, inside, I and I feel like that That's the next thing where when those sorts of things happen, you change as a person. I feel yeah, like you, you go through shit. Like that's that's low. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Yeah. I think yeah. as well for me, I've been fortunate enough at the moment where I haven't lost anyone that I've been very, very close to. Um, There have been relatives that I have mm. lost, but I never was that close to them, which I think I wish I was. Like, for example, my, me deep, my grandpa passed... Mm. Um, throughout the COVID period because he got COVID and, and did do well. But the thing is, I was never that close to him mm. because he was living in, over in Indonesia. I only went back home to Indonesia like three times. So I only saw him like literally like less than 10 times in my life. So when he yeah, did pass and other people passed as well, I wasn't that emotionally close to them. So that's why, yeah, when you bring that, that point about grief, I don't know how I'll handle it when I'll, you know, it's, it's going to happen when you do lose someone that's that's close to you. Like yeah. you see other family members go through it. They handle it in their own way, but until you go through it, you might not know how you personally go through it.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying. It keeps me up at night.
1: It's going to keep me up at night now.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go back though then in terms of what we've already experienced mm-hmm. and putting it into perspective, I want to reflect on why do those times feel so tough in the moment though and then afterwards you come out of it and you look back and you're like, that wasn't so bad.
1: Yeah. I think it's because at the moment, a lot of it's like being blinded by emotion. And you think that this is all that matters at the moment. And if anything goes wrong with it, then yeah, you, you, you it's, it's hell. But then once you're out of it and things are okay and you're okay at the end of it, then you're able to look back and say that you were able to learn from it. You're able to get through it. So I think just in the moment when you're caught up in all the emotions and everything, it's just, so much Mm. and then only when you get through it and the feelings have subsided and you realize you're okay then you're able to look back and be like oh it's not that it's not that bad because the effects of whatever it might be might not have you know cascaded to that part of your life where you can look back and be like oh it's okay yeah you made it out
0: you feel so stuck in that moment Mm. right and that's where you don't know the outcome you don't know if you're going to be okay or not um, but then afterwards, because you're okay at that point, you can kind of say, like, I came out of the other side. Yeah. But it's almost like if you think about all of the tough times in your life, there's really two options you come out of it,
1: or <laughs> you don't. You don't. Or what? You yeah. know?
0: So we always worry about in those moments, like, am I going to survive this? Am I going to get, is it all going to get better?
1: Mm.
0: But logically, looking up to our life so far, 100% of the time, it's always gotten better because it has to. Yeah. So there's this weird kind of psychology of logically, if you think about it, you should be like, you know, you should be it's okay. going to be okay.
1: Yeah. I think that goes back to the whole what ifs where we don't know what's going to happen. So because of that, we're like, oh yeah, what if it goes down the path where we don't want it to go down mm-hmm. and things take a turn for the worse. Yeah. Um, and then as you said just then and what we mentioned earlier was when we then have the outcome of, What happened and hey, things that weren't actually as worse as you catastrophized. It's not that bad. Mm. Not to downplay what you went through at all, but that, you know, in the end you can get through things because we're a lot tougher than we think we are.
0: Yeah. Humans are very good at adapting and at surviving. This also reminds me of the episode of BoJack Lucas and I watched this morning. (laughs) This morning, um, (laughs) which was called Roofie, and I'll, I'll just give you a TLDR of it because I think it's really it's very relevant. It's this episode where one of the characters. It starts with her great 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 granddaughter giving um kind of a a presentation about her like ancestor, which is this main character, and she's recapping this character's like the worst day in their life. But at the end, the character's talking to someone else and the other person's kind of like, what happens when you have a bad day? Like, how do you get out of this kind of stuff? And she says, you know, sometimes I like to imagine that my great-great-granddaughter is giving a presentation about me and telling all her students about what happened because that tells me that I did come out of it because... She wouldn't be there if I hadn't. Hmm. And that means everything's going to be okay. It hits so deep. This
1: Bojack Horseman (laughs) business sounds like there are a lot of life lessons that come out of it. Yeah.
0: It hits so deep because then you realize that the whole episode essentially has been a coping mechanism for her because she, it's like the episode is just her imagining that her great granddaughter is giving her, like, you know, everything. And then everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: does every episode have a deep message like this?
0: It's pretty deep. It's a very good show.
1: All right, add it to the list. You should watch it, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but I like to remind myself of that. Like most of the time things things are okay and I know not all situations, not everyone is so lucky that yeah, yeah, sure. things turn out okay, but in most cases when it comes to just those everyday life stresses mm. that we all feel, that's when maybe we should stress a little bit less of, about it or you know, remind ourselves that we're in our growth arc and hmm. without this moment in the future, we're not going to be able to have that satisfaction of being like, yeah, I made it.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think when, you, when you're able to go through all these different things that come out on the other side, yeah, the big like, oh, I made it moment and I went through that. It's really like me looking back at all the things that I've personally gone through and, and seeing where I am now, I'm like, wow, I was able to get through all of that. I may have freaked the hell out back then, but... Just thinking about now and seeing what I've personally been able to get through, it's a bit of like a, yeah, job well done. Job well done. Job well done to get through that and get to where I am now. Like it's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then do you believe in the saying, if it's meant to be, it will be?
1: Yes. And I I guess I'm going to go yes with that because I think what I've learned over my ongoing character development arc is that, There are things that are in your control and things that are not. If something happens and it's completely out of control, in a sense, it's meant to be. Because what can you possibly do about it? It's out of your control. You shouldn't try and think that it was your fault or anything like that. It was literally what happened and you just have to do your best to then make the right decisions or make the decisions to the best of your ability about what you can control.
0: Yeah. It's a good mantra. It is. Just life goes on.
1: Yeah. It's your take on it.
0: Well, I actually used to tell myself, and this was another coping mechanism for me when things didn't turn out. When I was an intern at CBA, Mm. one of the grads I was quite close with, we went on a walk and I was telling him, you know, I didn't, I think I didn't end up getting this job that I had hoped to get or something like that, or like some, something I was applying for anyway. And he was like, well, think of it as, uh, if you didn't get it, you didn't want it enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about this, and I used it for years as a way to be like, you know, if I didn't get it, I'm like, I could have done more to to get this thing, like, yeah. I didn't want it enough, because if I wanted it more, maybe I would have spent more, even more time studying up, or practicing, or making sure that I, you know, got it, but at this stage in my life now, sometimes I think about that quote, and I'm like, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I that, was about to say that puts a lot of pressure on yourself it does. and a lot of blame on yourself for yeah. not getting things. And sometimes life just happens yeah. and there's a bit of luck that plays into it. It's not always like, I didn't want it enough, so I didn't get it. So I like the, the idea of there is a little bit of the whatever happens it's happened and you just continue on. Yeah.
1: N- not to say though on that, that you shouldn't take responsibility for things and be like, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. Don't do that. Yep. Um, but I would agree like, you know, you can, f- for that quote there, you, c- you might be able to put effort into something and still really want it, but just because you didn't get it, it shouldn't mean that it wasn't because you didn't do enough. S- do enough. Yeah. Like you might've done qu- quite a lot.
0: And how funny is it when <laughs> I was going to touch on this, like we talked about, Early day adversity, high school, union, we're like, we so we stress so much about HSC <laughs> and exams and like what ATAR we're gonna get. Yeah. And now you think about it, and you're like, mm. <laughs> None yeah, of no that one cares really about. No mattered. one goes up and be
1: like, hey, what ATAR did you get back then? <laughs> Doesn't matter.
0: What ATAR did you get? No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like at every stage in your life, you think that the thing you're going through is the worst thing you're ever gonna go through. Hmm. It's a bit bleak, but another way to think about it is in the future, there's going to be more. There's going to be more.
1: I think on the flip side, it also shows that like there are just different things you go through, mm. through different stages of life. Um, and, but then you should also know that, you know, that's just the stage of life you're going through, you'll be able to get through it, but you could also view it as it's only going to get worse from here.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, one way to overcome that's, those yeah. moments. <laughs> Maybe not the best way. But I think we've talked about some of those coping Mm. mechanisms around, you know, seeing it as your growth moment, being able to reflect on it later, putting things in perspective, which is really what we're talking about when it comes to overcoming adversity. Mm. One more that I want to talk about is what's the latest tough thing in life that has happened to you?
1: The latest tough thing? Yeah. For me this year, I think it probably would have been my illnesses and injuries because I did spend a lot of this year unwell and then also me getting like injuries from a bunch of things like did my wrist at climbing did my hamstring or hammy at um at tag and people would always be like why am I always injured or why am I always mm. sick so that would probably be my latest one I remember during those periods I'd like beat myself up because I'm like oh how am I possibly sick again how am I always injured again but then as, as I go through it enough times I was like oh I know that if I do the right things I'll be able to come out of it better yeah. But I guess yeah, fortunate enough where that is probably the latest stressor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you okay now?
1: Am I okay now? I Actually, funnily enough, last week just had a bit of a few dizzy spells. Oh no. <laughs> yeah no. Largely okay. I think today's pretty good.
0: Yeah. That's good. I was reflecting on mine. Yeah. What'd you come up to with? Share with you. The latest one was probably World Cup.
1: Oh, oh the World Cup.
0: <laughs> I got into a really good team, um, for Oztag World Cup this year. And Oztag is a huge part of my life. I care about a lot and I'm very competitive. And so did all the training, um, paid to go up kind of thing. And then I had a very tough weekend where I was sat out a number of games because we brought 18 people up and we can play all 18, but Mm -hmm. the coach decided to play 16 and. We did really well, especially in the first two days. So we managed to make it to the finals day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have never gotten past quarterfinals before. It's basically my dream. I've been like, oh, I finally broke the quarterfinals curse. This is the most exciting thing ever. But I went into the last day and then ended up getting basically like shadowed, I Mm -hmm. guess. Or I wasn't able, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't play on the last day essentially, unless someone got really tired or injured or anything like that. So it was a bit of a slap in the face. I don't know. Is that what you call it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of being like, ah, oh, like my team made it past the quarterfinals curse, but I didn't you get didn't to You didn't feel play. like you are part of the <laughs> yeah. team that went? Yeah. Yeah. So that was really tough. And I think like part of it was I didn't have the expectation that this was going to happen. Like I thought we were just all going to play. I felt like I would be part of that team um, and feel like I was deserving of a victory. Mm-hmm. And I know that... Uh, for example, there, there was another girl who got sat out. She was, I think she had known that this happens in the happen. past yep. kind of thing. She had a really great attitude about yep. it. She she seemed fine. Uh, but for some reason, it just like killed my confidence, especially that last day. Like I cried the entire day. Mm. I just felt so bad. And I felt like I felt like I was an anchor uh, in the team. Mm. Like I was like, why am I even here? These people are so much better than me. I, I just suck. Like... Why did I even come yeah. essentially? And that was really, really tough. And after that weekend, I felt like I kind of um, lost some of my passion for Oztag. Mm. And you know how like obsessed yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in Oztag. very obsessed. Yeah. Like I, I just felt like I didn't want to play anymore. Yeah. I, I started climbing, which has been really good. And part of it was maybe I put too much investment and like emotional investment into it. Mm-hmm. And then this situation just pulled me back into reality of like hey this maybe this shouldn't be your life like yeah you know it's 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 a social sport it's a a hobby in the end but yeah I still kind of think back on it and it stings a little bit still I think it's still early days but I can look back now and be like okay I think I have gotten stronger from that because it happened and you know that was a really really low point for me this year but if something like that happens again, at least I am more prepared for that kind of situation mm-hmm. and maybe I won't cry as much in front of other people and I'll know how to handle myself. But also I think it's nice in my character development to be able to start compartmentalizing different parts of my life and mm-hmm. know that, hey, maybe I'm not, well, I don't think I'm not good at Oztag. I think I'm okay still. You're pretty good. Um, yeah. But you know, maybe I'm not the best, or like one of the best at this thing, which I care about a lot. That's okay. That doesn't mean my value as a person is diminished. yeah, I'm still good at other things, like in my career or definitely know, starting to get better at climbing or finding these other passions that I have, so not to stake your entire value onto just one part of your life that you're really in at the moment,
1: yeah, and yeah, I think it is putting all your eggs in one basket like that for something that. You know some people might do that because that is their life, um and it means a lot to them, and that that's okay, but I think for some things where we is isn't in the end of the world, yeah, like you know, yes, you might mean a lot of the time, but then I think yeah, you go through it and then you realize those sort of things aren't the end of the world when they don't go out your way. yes, you know you shouldn't have been inexperienced you know, that and had to go through that and sort of be blindsided in that situation, but you know it's there are other things that you can you can pick up or you can do and that are also important or potentially more important in life where you can put your investment and time yeah. into.
0: I, so. I, yeah, I, I think back now and I'm like, man, it's just Oztag. <laughs> like I went up that weekend, the sun was shining, you know. Yeah. It's sometimes, oh, I hope if if I could put myself in that position again, I think it would still hurt. But Yeah, for sure. I feel like I wasted a day of my life being really, really upset about something Mm. where I could have just, you know, it's almost like accepted a little bit, which sucks, Mm. but you know, hang out with my friends. Um, And I know, like, not everything that happens to you, you should just kind of roll with and be okay. For sure, yeah, for sure. But you pick and choose what you really want to invest your sadness into. Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I think um, that there are times where yeah, in the moment, as we say, you get caught up in, in a lot of the emotions and it does catch up to you. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if it's always going to be a constant struggle to be able to, in the moment, set yourself aside and be like, hey, is this really that impactful to you at the moment? I think that's always something you will always struggle with. Yeah. But I think as we do go through these experiences, you will get better at it.
0: Yes. Have you heard of the anti-fragility concept?
1: Uh, I've not.
0: Ah, Well, I, I probably wouldn't be able to explain it in a lot of detail, but there is a YouTube video or like a TED talk on anti-fragility, which is essentially just like overcoming adversity. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea that when something almost like breaks or goes through a lot of pressure, rather than just coming out of it, this thing get stronger from that experience from happening. So I think that's really applicable to us humans when it comes to tough situations is this whole concept of being anti-fragile and being able to take that and take all the, the terrible experience and the pain and the frustration uh, and being able to develop or like fuel your fuel your character development yeah. out of it.
1: And I would agree with that. There's a lot of experiences that we go through in life and we come out at the other end. Usually, you know, despite what we go through with being able to to handle those situations better. And I think that's a, a common thing that we keep saying throughout our, our, our chat today is that you, you come out being able to hopefully handle those situations a lot better. And even me, like throughout this discussion, just thinking about all the different things that I've been through in life. In the grand scheme of things, they really, I'm not going to say they don't matter, but they don't matter as much as we might think they do in the moment. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to say that. Obviously, there are some very big things that people go through that are very impactful, but a lot of the time for things that you know, we might go through, it's not that, for lack of a better word, big of a deal in the, in the, in the very big picture.
0: Mm. So what matters?
1: <laughs> what does matter? <laughs> that is the age-old question I have been thinking about um, in terms of what does because I think now after going through all of that, I'm like, yeah, what, what, what is the end goal and what actually does, does matter? And that is something that I've still yet to figure out because it is a mindset I've sort of shifted towards because when I, when things wouldn't go my way, that's when it would hurt me the most. Mm. And so now I'm trying to not do that as much, but at the same time, I'm trying am still trying to figure out what matters the most to me and what I still hold most important, which I really thought I'd figure out by this time in life, but now I've realized it is okay.
0: Yeah. Maybe you figured out what doesn't matter to you, Yeah. but the next step is what does. Exactly. Because you, you need that in order to not fall into this pit of nothing matters and yeah, why do a, yeah, we even yeah, yeah. live kind of thing. Um, you still want to be able to put things in perspective in terms of, for example, something at work happens and you're like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Mm. People aren't going to die, hopefully with the industry that you're in. But then also have situations where, you know, it it does matter to care Yeah, yeah. and be able to do that. So everything in life is... As I always say, it's a balance.
1: It is. And and I think as we go through those situations, you learn more and more about, as you said, what doesn't matter as much. Things and
0: sometimes okay. you, might, you might get an opportunity out of it as well.
1: <clears throat> might surprise you.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Davo. It's
1: been my absolute pleasure.
0: <laughs> and thank you to everyone for listening. Remember to tune in every Wednesday for the sugar, the spice, and everything that's nice in life with The Bliss Bakery. I don't know which one it is. Ah. There There we go.
1: Fancy sound pack. (laughs) Nice.
0: We will see you all next time. Bye.
1: Bye.